artists don't have this mindset of I need to make sure that I warrant my work. And especially when you're dealing with technology, you want to make sure that you have that professional level of maintenance with the piece. Otherwise, I mean, it's no good for anybody if you go if you go to a certain location and there's a piece of artwork that's from technology that is not functioning. It's bad for all of us. I'm Nick Armstrong, the geek in chief of WTF Marketing, and this is the Fort Collins Startup Week podcast. I have to tell you, I am absolutely nerd giddy about getting to talk to Ethan Bach today, and he is a prolific artist who creates amazing technical art installations, that is, art and technology combined together. You might have seen his work on a really recent mural installation in Old Town, and He's also, if you've ever been to the Fort Collins Discovery Museum, he is also the creator of that amazing um, audio and sound room that captures the heart and attention of adults and kids alike. So let's get right to it. Hello, my name's Ethan Bach, and I'm with Alt Ethos. We're an experiential design studio. We take light, sound, and creative technology and make interactive environments and objects for permanent and temporary installations. When you say permanent and temporary installations, do you mean art? So yeah, you could call it art, you could call it design. Um, we like to refer to it more as design. So design and not art. Well, it depends, you know. The, the reason why we call it design is because we find that if you just call it art, people think you should do it for free. You know, I've been an artist for, you know, around 30 years. And so I know from experience that once you say you're an artist or you call something art, that people decided that you don't need to get paid for your time or your your design. So we call ourselves designers and we call ourselves a design firm. And what is the biggest challenge that you've seen as a design firm trying to create essentially what is art um, for for bigger businesses? So we do a few different things. Like, um, for example, we're working on a lobby for a hotel right now that's currently being built in the Denver metro area. And what we're doing is we're we're keeping with the aesthetic first because our design is going behind the front desk. So we wanted to we wanted to work with the hotel's aesthetic, and we want people to be surprised, but we want it to sort of blend in with the rest of the aesthetic. So what we're doing is using some more traditional means of design, which is um, actually bringing in 1950s luggage and different old pieces of um, trinkets and stuff like that that we're going to place on it. And we're doing a wall design, and then we're integrating technology into that design. You know, it has a homey feel to it, and it fits the aesthetic, but it's also forward-thinking and integrating um, sort of a wow factor. I can't go into too much detail about what it is, but um, but it's going to be where people walk up and it looks like not much of anything other than a typical design until you get a reveal of the digital video layers of what's going on there. You've used a lot of marketing concepts and also business terminology while describing the the piece itself. And I'm curious, are there metrics that your clients charge you uh, to complete? Like, are there, you know, we, we want to see a 10% increase in foot traffic, for instance. Yeah, that's a little bit more difficult to measure. So we don't get a lot of those sort of requests, to be honest. Um, what they want is they want people to be excited. They want them to be engaged. And really where we're at in terms of 
technology and how we've integrated technology into our society. I mean, you've probably witnessed this where people are mostly like buried in their phones when they're walking around and it's hard to sort of get people's attention out of their personal screen. We really disrupt people's isolated mindset that we have as we walk around now as we're in our phones or we're in our head and we're thinking about 1,100 different things. Um, and so when we disrupt that, then people are able to experience the moment and they're able to experience the message, whatever that is. Ethan, in your experience, what do you see as the most important thing that an artist or a design firm could do to set themselves up for success in business? It's really about having a good relationship with the client and delivering a viable product that you're going to take care of and you're going to make sure it works for the client throughout time. So especially when dealing with technology, I feel like our first thing hurdle when a client comes to us is they feel like, one, it might be too expensive. So we actually work with a lot of prosumer and consumer grade technology because if you look at the way technology has grown and the ways in which we've been doing things um, and the innovations that have been happening, then consumer grade technology is has come a long way in the last eight years. You could say consumer-grade technology is good, as good or better than professional-grade technology was even like eight years ago. So we can a lot of times cut the cost and make it more affordable for the client um, by using consumer-grade tech. And the second thing is just the client relationship. Like for us, we come into a lot of situations where clients, some clients have already tried working in this experiential design sort of space, but they've worked specifically with just an individual artist or just a couple of artists. And the artist is great and they can do the work and stuff, but they don't have the same sort of business acumen as what we're putting forward. Like we want to be very professional. We're going to be very timely. We're going to, we have a project manager that's assigned to the project to make sure that everything's delivered. Um, to the client's specifications. And then we really make sure that that client has different validation points throughout the process so that we're keeping in communication and having more of a collaborative experience. And then lastly was making sure that we're taking care of the installation. So we offer one-year warranty, and then we offer extended warranties, and we make sure that we're right there um, going to make sure the technology is not dead, you know, and that it's all working and that it's all functioning and that we're recalibrating things as necessary. I don't think I've ever heard of a warranty on art before, but I guess you, it makes sense. You don't really want a blue screen of death when you have a tech, tech installation, right? It's the worst, right? And that's the thing that a lot of people have had experience with, either as just someone who happens upon an installation or someone who has previously purchased an installation is that, you know, right, artists don't have this mindset of I need to make sure that I warrant my work. And especially when you're dealing with technology, you want to make sure that you have that professional level of maintenance with the piece. Otherwise, I mean, it's no good for anybody if you go, if you go to a certain location and there's a piece of artwork that's from technology that is not functioning. It's bad for all of us. So we, we try to get rid of that as much as possible. And, um, and 
you know, really work with professionals and work as a team to be able to come up with systems that don't break down. Um, but most of our systems, we can remote into them. We can remote the power on and off. We can remote into the system itself and do a lot of upgrades. So we're maintaining and monitoring the systems constantly. So you, you have essentially your own tech IT department. We're all IT department. <laughs> We're all, I mean, because of, because of the nature of the work, um, we all are technically minded. So we make sure to monitor that. It's not necessarily always one person, but usually it's our lead developer who's, who's doing that work. What you have just described is essentially you're, you're an artist who is at first and foremost an artist, but you have built the infrastructure and the operational logistics of a tech company in order to facilitate your art. When you were seeking, did you seek funding or did you go for just clients first off or did you, how did you market this to begin with? So the first thing we did is we took the first nine months and we just set up a foundation of processes. So we wanted to make sure not only that we had a company culture, which is something that we could stand behind, but that we had set up processes so that we have client satisfaction. Um, And we didn't see clients for the first nine months. We just set up the infrastructure because I knew, you know, this is not the easiest business to create Um, because you do have the technology side of it, which offers a challenge. You have the fact that you are doing art at design, which is a challenge. And then it's it's a new market for this type of industry. Experiential media is relatively new. So especially in what we're doing, um, we're sort of hitting a piece of the market that I don't feel has been adequately hit yet in our field. So we're opening up a new piece of the market or serving a new piece of the market. Um, but yeah, so the first, first nine months, we just set up infrastructure. And then we went ahead and looked at getting our first clients. And of course, you go to people you know first. And we were timely and lucky enough to work with the Fort Collins Museum of Discovery as our first installation. So, and I've known them for years and years and um, it's a great partnership that we have with them. And we did a piece that's in there. They had um, one small room that just had a monitor with, with a documentary film on it. And I literally witnessed kids running out of that room screaming, like, get me out of here. <laughs> like, and at a children's museum, that's not really the reaction you want. Um, so they opened up that room to us, and we were able to install an interactive instrument. So as you walk into the room, it sort of looks like Tron. Um, there's projection mapping all over the walls and the floor, and there's visual indicators that as you pass through them, you create music. So anyone in that room, even if they're one years old all the way up to 80 year old, can create music in that space. So it's a wonderful space and um, we've had really great luck, actually really great success with that project. They're very happy with it and we haven't had any major issues with the tech at all with that project. So I'm very happy with it as well. And I'll point out too, it's actually my kids' favorite exhibit when they go to the museum. Tell us more about your work. What what other installations have you done? So right now, actually, we have another one up in Fort Collins, which is very exciting. I would have to say it's my most favorite 
to date. And it's in uh, Firehouse, Old Firehouse Alley, right across from Prost Brewery and by the Elizabeth Hotel and that new parking garage there. And in, during the summer, we worked with DDA, and during the summer, we had a mural artist who is world-renowned come out and paint a mural, PETA. And he painted this fabulous mural that's very three-dimensional looking. I don't know if you've gotten a chance to see that yet. I have. My kids love it too. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. And so during the day, it's this amazing mural, which really um, is astounding for Colorado to have. And then at night, we projection mapped it. And at night, as you just are looking at the mural, you can see different textures and animations overlaying the mural and making it look even more dynamic. And then as you step in front of the mural, you trigger a sensor and it creates a spotlight that is your own personal animation. And as you move over the mural, your spotlight follows you. And if I step in next to you, I get a spotlight of my own animation. And then as we come together, we create a different texture and animation between us. So we're constantly creating a new piece of artwork on there. So that, that's my most favorite so far. What is the creative process for a mural and a technology installation of that scale? So we worked with a couple of different architectural companies. Ditesco was the last one that we worked with on that project. And really it was a collaboration with Ditesco and with the DDA. And they were redoing the alleyways at the same time. So there was a lot of like back and forth of what was happening at simultaneously. But we, you know, we love working with architects, by the way. It's just so exciting to be on a project from the very start and be able to really envision that project with the architectural company to come up with an end design. So that was a lot of fun for us. But really it was about coming up with the concept first. So generally what we do is we'll pitch three different concepts and then uh, sit down and have a conversation with the client and they decide like where they're leaning towards. And then we'll come up with three different price structures for that concept that they decided on, like a good, better, best. And then, so then we start to understand what their budget is and what their range is and such like that. So uh, with this one in particular, one of the main things of course was the mural. So we scoped out five different mural artists. Uh, most of them were local and PETA is from Italy. Um, and unanimously, we all decided to go with PETA. And one of the benefits for us going with PETA is that he does all of his design work in a 3D application. So we were then able to take his 3D model and do shadows and different play in 3D space like that to create the final, the final product. Um, but really it was having him come out when it was warm, right? So he came out in July from Italy and painted for a couple weeks with us. And then we took his model and started working on the design concepts. We did a mock-up in our office. We have a, a printed version of his mural on a banner that's up in the office. We set up the sensor and we were projecting in the, in the studio um, to figure out what worked and what didn't work. And then, you know, of course, the banner that we have in our office is only like seven feet wide and the mural is about 40 or 50 feet wide. Um, so once we put it up in the actual alleyway, it looked different, a little bit different than it looked in our office. So we went in and we did some more tweaks. We went back and got some more 3D content. We did some mashups. 
and we adjusted the interactivity so that it really works in that space. So that was our first permanent outdoor projection mapping project. And what we're going to do next is we're going to take that as a prototype and we're going to do a national marketing campaign for that as a specific product. So we're excited for sure about doing, being able to do these in like Florida or do them in Washington, D.C. or Chicago, and then be mostly able to remote into the system and monitor it that way. So Security has to be part of your consideration as well, because we've all seen the electronic billboards that have been hacked and such. What other issues do you deal with when installing a, a large-scale installation like that? So with that one in particular, the weather in Fort Collins, summer versus winter, there's a lot of different ranges of temperatures that are in there. So one of the first things we had to make sure is that all of our equipment would be safe and secure against the weather. We purchased specific boxes that are containments for equipment, for projectors and for the computer equipment. And that those boxes regulate the temperature. So we're able to function if it's snowing and minus 10 degrees, probably too cold to snow actually. But, uh, <laughs> but if it's like minus 10 degrees, it's still going to function just as it would if it was 90 degrees. So... That was the main thing. This particular installation, all the hardware is up about 20, 25 feet. So not, not a lot of people are going to put up a ladder and try to, try to mess with anything, but all those boxes are locked. So there's that consideration. And then, of course, just working with the technology, um, we have our own secure line that goes into that tech so that we don't have to worry. We have a security on the... Um, end of the tech side. In terms of Startup Week, what are you most excited about? I'm excited to find out more about Fort Collins Startup Week. Like this will be my first time participating in it or attending it. And um, I'm excited to see what y'all bring and just meeting people, of course, and attending the different talks um, and just the enthusiasm around being in a startup. It's such an amazing culture. Um, participate in. You know, I come mostly from academia background. And so to be in a startup and have more freedom than academia allows for me to be expressive is such a such an interesting type of personality that leans that way. And so I think startups really bring out like more innovators and risk takers and stuff like that. And those are my people. So I'm excited to meet people. You're you're presenting as well. What's your panel on? So we're talking about different innovative artworks and how integrating technology and artwork and and the business side of it. So that, that fits really well with the kind of stuff I'm doing. And the interesting thing is, is that I'm paired up with people who are doing more musical side innovations. But that that's a lot of fun for us as well because we work a lot in the audio, audio sphere of things. But I'm mostly just going to be talking about you know, what is it like to galvanize the creative economy? You know, this is a moving and a growing industry, um, one that's growing very rapidly in terms of how people want to engage with their clients or their patrons. And looking at, you know, my thing really is encouraging other artists to become entrepreneurs and encouraging them to look at opportunities that are happening right now, especially in Colorado. There's a lot of opportunities for growth in markets. It's about, you know, when you're a startup, it's really about taking responsibility for yourself and taking responsibility for your outcomes. 
And so really, um, I lean a lot towards that, talking about what that means in business. You know, finally, I don't think it would be a complete interview unless I asked you about a little bit of the controversy around that mural. There was some, <laughs> there was just a smidge of controversy. Um, what was your take on that? I laughed. That's the first thing I did is to start laughing. Um, but, you know, I have, I'll be honest, like I've read both of the articles and I haven't dove deep into them in terms of my own opinion about it, other than I, I'm enjoying watching the conversation unfold and seeing how people's take is on it. I think there's, there's valid points um, and the conversation is necessary. You know, My experience of that art piece, I can talk to you more clearly, which is my experience of that art piece is seeing families enjoy it and seeing people who are walking back to their car from you know, eating at a restaurant enjoying it. I haven't, I've been there quite a bit because I want to see what's going on and just like witness how people are experiencing the art piece. And my experience was not that of the first article by the Coloradan. Um, can I imagine that that's a possibility? Sure, it's a possibility, but is it the majority of the people who are enjoying the art piece? That, that hasn't been my experience at all. I love the fact that this conversation is being opened up because communities like Fort Collins need to sort of have a consideration for different types of people who will be enjoying their community and not automatically jump to, oh my gosh, they're all on drugs or something like that. Like, <laughs> and that's kind of, you know, the beauty of our artwork is that you don't have to be on drugs to enjoy it. You know, it moves by itself. You don't have to have any heightened experiences. So, um, yeah, yeah. I like, I like watching people. I like disrupting and starting conversations that are necessary that, so people can really air what they need to air. So I, I'm enjoying watching it unfold. For more great entrepreneurial insights, you can visit StartupFoco.com and we hope to see you at Startup Week.